Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life and welcome to our 100th episode. Woo! Confetti. Um, today, Eric's going to be talking to you guys about preparing your kids for their financial future. It's a super important topic that's super near and dear to his heart, and he's super passionate about it. So that's really awesome. We're also going to talk about um, a book read share. I don't know how else to say it. But it's a we're, book club. It's an online it's book bo- club. It's not a book club. <laughs> we're going to connect with you guys on a different way. We're going to introduce a new book, and you can have info about how to join us and read with us and discuss with us about that. And then we're going to end with answering our, um, a listener's question about when you're just done with dealing with all the things of a a bio mom, that's just impacting your future and a divorce being drug out for eight years. That's still not over. I mean, listen to the whole thing, you guys, it's kind of wild. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Blended Life. Where are we going to start on this one? We're starting, okay, so it's interesting because a little backstory, we were talking over, I was gone this last week at a conference for coaching, um, a retreat where learned so much and it was long, intensive days. And so, um, but we, we were having a phone conversation during this time. Right. Um, and you were like, we have to talk about something. I think it was at the, actually it was at the airport. Now I'm, rem- I'm right. remembering. It was on your way home yesterday. <laughs> oh, it's this been a <laughs> long week. I don't know what day is what. Right. But anyway, it's, I was, it's interesting cause you don't often feel passionate about talking about anything. Like you <laughs> just, <laughs> anything. <laughs> you never want to talk about anything. I so know. for you to be like, I really want to talk about this. So this is your baby. You go. I'm just going to sit here and listen. Well, I think it's important. And for our 100th episode, I'm like, we need to have something a little more. Um, is not, this our 100th episode? This is our 100th episode. I said that at the beginning of this episode, if you would have been listening <laughs> <laughs> during the intro. Did you? Uh, <laughs> so <Oops>. so <laughs> we need to have something that we're not arguing on, we're not fighting about, that people are gaining knowledge on. Oh. And I think a big, a big thing for me is obviously our kids, because we're all here, usually blended families involve children, <laughs> right? And a big thing for me is what are we teaching our kids or giving to our kids that we didn't learn when we were in school, we learned later, how are we going to better our children's lives, right? How are we going to make them better humans than we are? Because I feel like that is kind of the purpose, you know? I mean, God blesses us with children, not for um, our personal gains, but to gain humanity, you know? It, it, we're supposed to make better humans and, and make them grow up to be better, stronger, you know, God-loving, God-fearing human beings, you know, if that's what you guys are, you know, if that's what you believe. Um, 
I feel like part of that is just teaching our children on a daily basis, just teaching them common sense things. You know, um, one of my big things is um, credit and credit scores. <laughs> you know, what you know, it's like, while well, she's rolling her eyes. Happy 100th episode. episode, credit score. Let's teach our kids how to get credit and how to build credit. And a lot of people are all about no credit and credit's bad and pay cash for everything. The reality of it is, for instance, where we live in the beautiful state of California, <laughs> um, the median to buy a house, the average house price right now is close to a million dollars. For the average house price to rent a house, the average house price is somewhere between $2,500 and $3,000 to rent a two to three bedroom house that in any other state would cost $200,000 to purchase, right? Ridiculous. So not having credit kind of isn't an option here for us, for our children. You have to have credit because you either A, have to buy your house or B, have to rent your house. Well, you have to have good credit to buy a house, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to have good credit to rent a house. Mm -hmm. So why are we going to let our children fail when it comes to stuff like this as our kids are going to have to live. And our ultimate goal is to get our kids out of the house, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Somewhere around the age of 18, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, let's teach our kids and our listeners how to build our kids credits before they ever turn 18. That way, when they graduate high school and on their 18th birthday, here's the best gift I could give you. You have a 700 plus credit score. Okay, so that is super useful. Right. So why don't you tell our listeners how they can help their children have good credit scores? So one of the ways that I have discovered to help kids get credit scores is by putting our children on um, a credit card as, a, as an authorized user, you know? And by doing that... What age can you do that at? So at 13 years old, you can add, uh, not all credit cards, but at 13 years old, you can add an authorized user onto your credit card. Mm -hmm. Now, what people are, uh, people are probably also going, there's no way I'm giving my kid authorized use or authorized access to my credit card, right? I mean, do you want your kids having access? No. <laughs> right? So the, the neat thing about this, and this is up to us people, this is our responsibility to build credit for our kids. So if you're terrible at credit or you're just like, I just, I don't know where to go with credit. I mean, we can talk about that stuff more later. So if you guys are like, I want to know more about credit. I mean, it's a little bit away from our blended family thing, our blended family situation, but that's something we can talk about because it is like a game to me. Like I, I learned probably later in life than I should. Tell them what app you use. Why not just say what you do? Um, uh, well, I use credit karma. Which is kind of, it's a very generic app. It's very easy to we use. We don't get any kickbacks or paid. This is not. No. We get paid by no one. No, it's, but <laughs> all, basically, also. basically Credit Karma is just a very easy, simple way to keep an eye on your credit score. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't really help you the way Credit Karma works because you don't. It pay doesn't it. help me at all. <laughs> it doesn't help. Well, why doesn't it help you? It can't recognize me. I've had too many last <laughs> names. You think that I'm kidding, but I'm really not. I put in my social and it's like <laughs> it blew the, app up. the app exploded and no. they're like, you do not exist. Right. So one of the first things that I discovered, because I'm always like, what's the catch here? How are they making money off of me? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, is this a scam? Right. Everything today in this day and age is a scam, right? Does it, doesn't it feel like everything is? Yeah. So what I have discovered about them from what I can see looking from the outside in is that they work with lenders. Credit Karma works with lenders. They work with um, credit companies, and they offer you better deals. And it's mm. always like, what can we do to help you? You're pre-approved. You're pre-qualified, mm -hmm. which is no big deal. It's not a lot of spam. It's not overlooking and it's basically just a window looking in it's not actually affecting your credit score which is great so i can see if i make a big change on my credit card if i or on my on my credit if i apply for something um i can see where i'm at if i 
I've ever missed a payment, you know, if I am behind on something, um, how many payments I've had, how long my credit history is. It gives you a whole breakdown of all of this stuff, and it's really easy to watch. And then, obviously, your credit card every, or your credit score, everyone's seen it, looks like a little dial, and it tells you where you're at. So what that has done over the years is showed me where I am and what I'm, where I'm at and what I could fix and where I could be to, to end up with a perfect credit score. And it's, it's awesome because if you guys like a challenge and whether you have great credit right now or not, if you like a challenge, there's always something you can do to make your credit better, you know, until, until you're at, uh, what, 830 or eight. I don't remember what what perfect is right now. I know. Is it 860? 860, I think. Is I'm it? I'm at 830. It's 860. Yeah. I know. He plays I'm the excited. credit. He plays the credit game well and is always checking it and watching it. Right. But you didn't used to be like no, that. So I didn't. what made you I'm just curious and I'm sure our listeners are like, dude. Yeah. Dude. So right. why why credit? When did that shift for you? Why did you need to be so vigilant about it. So credit really shifted for me when, after my divorce. Mm-hmm. And I knew about credit before, but I wasn't good at it. I never learned. Um, I actually teach my, I'm going to say my mom. I'm not going to say my parents because <laughs> I will offend my dad if I say. But I teach my mom a lot of stuff about credit. <laughs> Still called your dad out. Love that. Uh-oh. Blocked it out. Still uh, calling dad out. No, th- my parents have learned a lot over the years and in, in our in our good. My parents have great credit, but it's they it's not something that they taught me as a kid growing up that would have been very very useful, especially before. Are you tired? I'm, I'm gonna like I'm gonna dying. switch to your to your camera to show everyone your yawning skills. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. She's been away at a retreat for a week now, and she is just now back. So It's been like sun up to midnight. I, I don't know. I'm exhausted. All right. We're digressing. <laughs> back okay, to Okay. So <laughs> I like it. So, this is perfect. So it's something I didn't learn. Your parents didn't on. teach you. You are now teaching your parents. You, but you don't teach this. You don't teach this stuff. They don't teach this stuff to us in school. Which credit they scores, should, right? Which like they balance a should. checkbook. All the basics. Credit how to get a car payment, how to finance a home, you know, what it takes. Down payments on What things. it takes to finance a home, That's what right. that looks or like. Or a car. Yeah. You want a car, how does that, uh, how, how does do you put go? a car on insurance? Right. We just went through this. Basics. Basics. Yep. Basics. They should teach Or they school. should be basics, right? Right. So my thought is. Wait, 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 wait. Go back. Uh-oh. So you got divorced. Why credit then now? Or why why did you decide at your divorce it was time to pay attention to your credit? Because during a divorce, which I'm sure a lot of you know, Mm -hmm. credit can get destroyed. Credit credit card goes with this person. It doesn't get paid with this person. It's all of a sudden your credit is upside down because no one wants to take responsibility. And also in divorce, you're now having to look for a new place to live. You're trying to buy things. You're trying to get a credit card maybe. Yeah. And your interest rates are through the roof because you have a bad credit score. Right. Yeah. Or not so good one. So if this is you, if you're in this place before we go any further and this is you and you're like, man, my credit is absolutely screwed. Shoot us an email. And I don't need to know specifics or or like um, intimate details or um, uh, social security number. I don't need to know anything weird like that. No personal but information. I don't need people. personal information, but there's a good chance I can help you figure out how to get your credit back in line and where to start. Now, everyone know. Quick little disclaimer: I am not a professional. This is not what I do for a living. Um, you're just having a heart to help people I'm right now. I'm just trying to help people, yeah. and I know a lot about this. I'm very passionate about this. and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe I need to put a big credit karma sign on me, Yeah, and then you'll be like, oh, shit, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Didn't make it through the episode, you guys. Oh. It was a little one, but you didn't make it. Sorry. You fail. It was a poll. It not was a poll. Not if I was going <laughs> you want me to play some music then? You can start dancing? Um, Anyways. Yes. So... I'm like, let's get our kids right. lined up for credit because this is something that most of us haven't learned as young children. Some parents might have taught you, but if they did, like, yeah. awesome. So one way to do that, like you said, add your children to your credit card as an authorized user. Yes. But 
You don't want them to have a $100,000 credit card. No. So, so what? So what I did is I have a very small credit card with a $1,500 limit, and I put my 14-year-old son. Can you do a, a limit on that card? No, but what you can do is don't put them on as a partner. Put them on as an authorized user. There's two different ways. If you have a partner, meaning a business partner, a relationship partner, that you just want them to have full access, they can have literally access to change PIN numbers, transfer money. You know what I mean? It's basically, they become an equal to you. An extension of you. An extension of you. Don't put your kids there. (laughs) Just don't do it. If you put them on as an authorized user, you can now freeze a credit card. Um, Some credit cards, I believe, will give you um, access spending limits, you know. And that's what I think, because I I even know in business, because I was in charge of this for our business credit cards, Mm -hmm. that our business... Our business account could say ten thousand dollar limit, right? For our all of our business, even though it's a hundred thousand dollar card. No, 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 no. So, like, if we had a business and we went to a creditor and said we would like a we would like to set up an account, okay, in our business with like ten thousand dollar line of credit, right? Okay, right. So then they're saying, great. How many credit cards do you want? Oh, and right. we're like, we have we want for ten employees. Yes. So each employee would have. X amount of dollars, right. and when they all added up, it would be $10,000 total. Right. So each card might have, like, one card might have a $500 limit, one card might have a $250 limit, one card might have $3,000 limit. You right. can, so I think if you gave your child a card, you can put spending limits on it. It doesn't have to right. be, you have a $1,500 card, and this authorized user has $1,500. Right. You can back it up to two fifty. Right. Or even I think so here, from what I So heard. so some cards I believe will let you do that. Yes. If not if not all. But what I suggest doing is having this talk with your kids like I did with my son before I gave him access to this. It's like, look, just because you have X amount on a credit card, which he's not gonna have in his possession, I'm gonna have the credit card with his name on it in my possession. What I'm gonna do with this credit card is he wants to go get lunch, he wants to go buy something. I'm going to let him take the credit card and use it for that one specific thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back. I'm going to show him the the cre- basically the credit card statement as it comes in. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do probably only once or twice, uh, for example, I'm going to say he spends $100. I'm going to let him spend the $100. And rather than paying it off right away, which is my intent, um, you know, to keep the keep the credit card low, I'm going to let the credit card not go to where it's overdue, but I'm going to let it go to when I need to pay it. And I'm going to let him see that that $100 now turns into $128 because that interest rate kicks in. And I'm going to let him see, whoa, that $100 that I just spent turned into $128, right? Interest rate kicked in. And I'm going to talk to him about it. And I've already I've already told him about all this type of stuff and and what um, interest rates do and why it's not good to use a credit card instead of actual cash money if you have it. Um, but what ends up happening is credit cards, you make a payment, and it doesn't actually all go to what you just paid. It's not... It's not for an eye for an eye. It's an eye for an eye and a nose. You know, you always end up owing more than what you spent. Mm-hmm. And that's how credit cards make money. Mm-hmm. But a good rule of thumb, which anyone that knows anything about credit and is into credit and plays it like a video game like I do, mm-hmm. is that you want to keep your credit, all your credit limit, under 30%. You don't want to go over 30%. Once you go over 30%, it starts affecting you negatively. Meaning what? So if you have a $10,000 credit card, you shouldn't spend more than $3,000 of that $10,000, right? That's correct. That's the 30% you're That's talking correct. about. Now, if you spend if you spend that much, if you spend your $3,000, it's not going to be at 30% because, unless you pay it off right away. Right, because you have interest rates because that kick in. Interest rates that gonna are going to kick in, over. and now all of a sudden you're at 36%, you're at 40%, blah, 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 right? So what you're going to do is say, okay, well, the best bet is to keep this credit card under 10%, you know, and then that gives you a buffer. That also allows you to not get your credit card out of control. And especially for a a child or granting um, someone authorized user like this, don't 
give them access. Say you get a $100,000 card and you're like, that's my lowest card I have. Don't give them, okay, well, since I have $100,000, I'm just going to give them 10% access and I'm going to give them $10,000 access. Mm -hmm. Unless it's no problem for you to pay off $10,000 that same month. Can I have, can I be your child (laughs) if that's you? Adopt me, add me as your authorized user. (laughs) She will screw up your credit immediately. No, I will be a really great child for you. Um, Adopt me. So my... My advice is give your kid credit, a credit card, let them use it here and there and, sh- and make them a part of the process. Show them the process, but show wh- them the statements. Show me the money. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, my, so my intent with this is I've got this credit card. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to show you what the start to finish looks like for me. I've got this credit card. It's got a $1,500 limit. I added my son as an authorized user. I'm keeping the credit card in my name. My son wants to go. You're keeping the credit card in your possession? Or in my possession. Sorry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son wants to go get lunch. I'm going to be like, okay, you haven't used your credit card in a long time. And here's the other thing. You want your, you want your credit card used every so often, but you want the balance paid off. So I'm going to give him, my, I'm going to give him the credit card that's in his name. He's going to come down to the beautiful village where you work and he's going to buy lunch with his buddies. And about a week from now, I'm going to, it's, it'll show up within a couple days, but about a week from now, we're going to go online. We're going to pull up the app, um, either on the computer or on my phone. And I'm going to be like, look, here's your lunch. This is what you owe. We're going to pay this now. And we're basically going to take his, we're going to call it 20 bucks for lunch and we're going to pay it off in full. Boom. Done. Said clear. I'm not going to just leave it at that though. Over the next few days over the next few weeks i'm going to have him check it we're going to check this thing together and we're going to make sure that there were no hidden costs there were hidden fees because sometimes there'll be an annual fee that'll pop up for 11 bucks for 10 bucks we're just going to keep an eye on it right it's just going to it's going to become a habit even though it's not we're not watching this thing grow or do anything we're just going to make sure that this thing always has a zero balance except for when we know that we spent it and we're going to do this once a month you know if we don't do it once a month we do it once every other month not a problem if we do it twice a month not a problem we're just going to pay this thing off all the time and what this is going to do is this is going to establish credit history it's going to start it's going to start um growing life of your credit because in order to be able to get to an 800 credit score i believe someone might be able to prove me wrong another way you need to have approximately four to seven years of credit history. And usually it's not just through one credit card. This one credit card is going to allow him to get up to about a 700, you know, or, or over a 700. But in order to build it past that, you need length of history because that is a bit, that's a big indication. That's a big factor is your credit history length, how long you've had it for. And now no, once you've added a new thing, it takes the median. So I say I've had, I've had credit for 10 years. And then all of a sudden I go and I get a new loan. This is the only loan I've ever had for 10 years. I go get a new loan. Boom, it's going to cut that thing in half. It's going to all of a sudden go, okay, I have five years of history. It takes it takes the average of how long you've had hit credit for. So once you've built credit longer and longer, mm-hmm. it's going to, there's going to be a lot of diversity in times there. And it just eventually, 20 years from now, it's no big deal. You're not thinking about it, you know? But we want our kids to start establishing credit history right now and this be a good thing. So some people are asking, why why build your kids' credit history? Why work on that at all? And not only for um, um, uh, housing, sorry, you guys are having a brain fart, housing or vehicles, a lot of jobs check your credit history. I don't know if you're aware of this. I don't know if you guys had to do this at yours being federally okay so for instance when i go out and have worked at the nuclear power plant i have to have a credit history ran and the reason being is i'm in a high profile job that um the way that it's been explained to me is that someone could get to me if i'm in a lot of debt and there is you know they basically come to me and they offer me bribes to bring them secrets about nuclear power plant. And it just shows, um, 
It just shows your trustworthiness. Integrity. It shows integrity. That's mm-hmm. a great word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does. So, so that is, that's one thing. The other thing is for us, for kids, do we want to go co-sign for four children on four cars and hope that all four kids make car payments, mm. you know? So when the kids turn 18, they can go buy their own vehicles as long as they can afford it. And mom and dad, you and I aren't paying for this. We're not, we're not co-signing for it. Our kids walk out of high school or college or wherever we start them a few years later, and they've got a perfect credit score to start fresh. And why, why is credit such a catch 22? That's a, that's a whole nother discussion, but doesn't it feel like when you wanted to build credit, you couldn't, you're like, where do I start? And I'm sure, I don't know this for a fact, but knowing your parents, knowing your mom, she probably did something like this for you because your mom's a credit guru also. Yeah, she's, yes, my mom's a financial whiz. Yeah. As it were. So, yeah, I mean, and this is something that it's not a credit thing, although I think it plays into it, but having your kids be able to go get their own bank accounts or their own savings account, because another thing that, say you have a job, like credit's great, Mm -hmm. but to get a home loan, they want to see money in the bank. They don't really care about, I mean, credit is important, but also like... They want to see that you've had a savings account that has mat- is mature, yep. established, yep. but then mature. So that is another thing when you're talking about setting your kids up for financial success. The credit thing, absolutely, but also making sure they have a bank account that uh, at least a savings account when they're little because you can be on it with them. I think yeah. you have to be. Yeah, you can. But and also so, taking that one step further mm-hmm. is putting them on a um, credit union bank account. Mm -hmm. Credit unions um, tend to play more favorably with lenders and in the grand scheme of things. So if you're you're part of a credit union or you have one nearby, you know, and you're just starting, you're just saving money for them. And it's a bummer because it takes money to make money. And I I mean, and that's how credit is too. It takes money to, to make credit. You know, you have to spend you money. Have to you have to use your play. credit card you in order to, play to build credit. Yes. You have to you play have to the have game. You have to have loans. You have to. Yes. 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 You have to use credit to have credit. Yes. Yeah. So dump money into a credit union. Start start your kids. Yeah. You know, And teach there. them how to, you know, and maybe you have a checking account and a savings account and you're on both and the kids have a debit card and they're able to use the debit card a little bit different than a credit card, right. but they get to see that that is real money, not theoretical money with a credit card, right? So I think that the discussion, and you can open a savings account for your children at any age. Right. You're just on it with them. Um, and so I think unlike credit cards, um, you can have an account with your children on it um, any age. And that might be if your kid is under 14, 13, you said, 13? 13, you can put them on a credit, a credit card. card. So yeah. if your kid's under 13, you know, and most of you might already have savings accounts for your kids, but make sure their name is on it too so that they still build that maturity in that account. And then, you know, when they do go to get a loan someday, they'll have like 20 years of, you know, a well, bank account with money. Like that really says something. I'm looking, I don't know why I'm looking at the ceiling. That's really, <laughs> my, oh. but that says something to um, especially when you're trying to get a home and home loans, you can't just have credit. You have to have money in the bank. Yeah. Um, and because they want to make sure you can make that payment. Like yeah. what happens if you lose your job? Do you have six months of house payments reserved? You know, lenders are smart that way. They want to make sure not only you have great credit, but you also have money in the bank. So that's something my mom's always taught me. I haven't necessarily stewarded that very well. You do, yeah. I, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've owned homes and lost homes. I've, you know, it's. I have done things. However, um, I think it's don't saving money as well is a, is is an equal part to the credit building thing. Well, and this is something that I think people need to think about. Um, for first thing before we even go there is make your kids part of this. Make your kids part of this experience. Make this a normal thing for them, and make them able to recognize what's going on so that way when they do turn 18 they are able to continue on and it's not just a new thing for them and all of a sudden they have a credit score and have no idea what the hell's going on Mm -hmm. that makes sense so um that's great the other thing is 
if you have had credit or you haven't had credit and or you just have bad credit and you're just like credit is just not for me i don't get it it is such a hard thing doesn't mean that you have no hope you know what i mean you just need to get a hold of it and it takes time it will take a little time but there are lots of tips and tricks that will help you get going along the way and there's there's probably i'm guessing probably thousands of videos on youtube that'll teach you how to do this type of stuff or just email eric and he'll teach <laughs> or just you email me um but just because you are at a place that your credit is not where you want it mm-hmm. don't give up hope don't don't get so much hope that you think it's going to be changed one year from now i'm going to go from a 500 credit score to a 700 credit score mm-hmm. Because that's not the way it works. And there's probably, if you have credit and it's bad credit, it's tarnished, you know, it does take years to get back out. It does take time. And I remember one time I was checking my credit and it was super low and there was no reason for it to be low. I'm I'm not, my debt to income ratio, that's another reason why your credit could be low. If your Mm -hmm. debt to income ratio is bad, that affects your credit. So... There was no reason. I didn't have any loans I was defaulting on. I didn't have any repossessions. I didn't have anything that should have kept it. But what happened was somebody had gotten a hold of my, and you never know about this until you check it out, right? So definitely before you are on trying to get a loan, you should know where your credit is. Because yep. um, the worst thing is to go to get a loan and you're blindsided with an issue, and that's defeating and embarrassing. So Yeah, or someone's been trying to run your credit, and yeah. they've done it a few and times. And they're like, we can't do you, anything. Yeah, within a certain so. amount of a time, a few years, you only yeah. want to run your credit three times. After that, it starts showing poorly on your, on your, on your credit history. So mm-hmm. before I go and buy a vehicle, I always, I always Check your credit. make sure I know how many inquiries, a hard inquiry, I've had on yeah. my credit. So yeah. that's a good go tip. Like beware of getting your, getting your, um, beware in, of all, inquiries, inquiries beware on of all your of it credit. Though. So it that's affects the, your score. But I wanted to say real quick, mm-hmm. like I had tried to, I think I was buying a vehicle and my credit score was really low and there was no reason for it. Well, it turns out someone had used my social to purchase a vehicle and then defaulted on that loan, but it was a vehicle I had never owned. Right. And so it was like a process. Yeah, you to dispute your point, it. To your point, it takes time. You might find things in your credit history that aren't even your fault. Dispute them. And that just takes time because they have to yep. go research it. And it took months yeah. for that to come off. It finally came off and my credit score went up, but that was months of months and months. So it is good to get ahead of it if you haven't ripped that Band-Aid off and go look at your credit score and yeah. see what's going on there. Even if it's terrible, even yeah. if you know it's terrible, you're like, dude, I don't want credit. I don't ever want credit. Like, why not have it? Why not have that ace up your sleeve yeah. in case you ever need it? Yeah. And I've done the whole, a lot of people have probably, especially Christian people listening to us have been like, well, I've gone through the Dave Ramsey program and I cut up all my credit cards. and I have envelopes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I I have a hard time with the Dave Ramsey program. I, I see a lot of value in it, but I also have a very hard time with it because if you cre- cut up your credit cards and you cancel these credit cards and you stick it to the man, well, all you're doing is sticking it to yourself. If you have a credit card and you are doing nothing with it. I'm and picturing it's, you sticking it, it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> also oh, I wish right I had a now. For that. <laughs> That's not a naughty word. <laughs> No, I know. That's why I didn't. I said, maybe this one. Do you love me exactly as I love me? <laughs> oh, wait. No, exactly as I love you. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, getting rid of your credit cards, uh, paying them off, signing out of them, you know, basically being done with them only gets rid of your credit history. And yeah. all it does is ultimately hurt you. You want to screw a credit card company over, get a credit card. Don't use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> buy, a do- buy a dollar pack of gum and pay it off. And yeah. that ultimately is not their goal. They want you to get this credit card, run it up, pay interest. That's going to take 16 years to pay this thing off, you know, at 500 bucks a, a, an annual pay or a monthly payment. And only $100 of it goes towards the principal. I'm getting very anxious. <laughs> I'm like, I have two credit that's card the, payments due. That's I'm the like, credit ah. card giving it to you. Yeah. Um, no, but I feel like it, whether you use your credit cards or not, whether you have a credit mm-hmm. card, um, you know, that you are using full-time or not. Like, just have credit. 
Yeah. And and whether you use it or not, just have it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, our kids should have it, but they should also learn to have it responsibly. And that is where... Don't make them learn that for themselves on their yes. own because they are their own worst teachers. Yeah. Having a mentor, a financial advisor, as we're adults, we have that. But you can be your child's financial mentor and advisor. And you know... There's no greater way to learn than to teach. So as you're teaching your children these basic skills, or maybe you're learning these skills for the first time yourself as you're teaching your children, it will probably shift your financial game too in a positive direction. For sure. Yeah, you'll you'll be, oh, I have to walk what I talk, you know, and, and open up some discussions in your home, but all great, right? We want everyone to have great credit and be financially secure. So it's a, it's definitely something, an opportunity you have to set your children up without having to hand them money, right? Yeah. You're actually giving them a better gift than just handing them money. You're teaching them how to be responsible so that they're not blowing everything they make and not able to buy a house and not save. You can actually show them and have the skill. It's super important. I believe so. Um, and, you know, just, just having the conversation with your kids, you mm-hmm. know, is just, it's, it's just such a good thing, you mm-hmm. know? And like, like I said, at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. inflation has gone up so much in order. I mean, where we live, there's no way our kids are getting into any type of housing without credit. Oh, and uh, whether they, the uh, whether they own oh. or rent, if not, they're living at home. Yeah. Um, vehicle prices, used vehicle prices are outrageous, but if you want to go buy a brand new vehicle, Unless I'm trying to think of anything. Vehicle prices aren't, I mean, just in our lifetime have gone up so astronomically. But you want to go buy a modern, just normal, everyday vehicle. Yeah. You know, people are going to spend twenty dollars to $30,000. Well, going and paying cash for that, most people don't have that. And why are you going to go spend your whole load on one vehicle and yeah. then not have a nest egg to basically have a backup. If, if something happens, you get sick, you get COVID because that's the hot thing right now. You know, everyone's getting sick from the stuff and can't work or whatever. You want to be able to have a payment. So or, or, or your payments made. So interest rates are low on everything. Why not use OPM, other people's money? Why not yeah. use other people's money and keep yourself in a safe space. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you do get sick and you're like, dang it, I can't make this car payment. Mm-hmm. Then take that nest egg and pay it all off and then boom, you owe it out and yeah. clear. You know, or something comes up, you mm-hmm. lose your job, boom, pay it out. You know, at least at least I'm free and clear. Okay, I ran away from it, but, it, you know, hang it on. It's not like, I think when my parents bought their first house, if I remember correctly, interest rates for their first house was like 26%. It was something ridiculous. Now imagine paying 26% on a million dollar home these days because in our area, that's almost what the median home is. 26%. Think of how much in interest that is. I mean, do quick math, you know, that's a lot of freaking money. You're paying quarter million dollars in interest alone, you know, but now interest rates are down at an all time low, you know, and under 3%, you know, for most people that qualify, um, which isn't that much money. So why, if you got a million dollars sitting in the bank, why are you going to go drop a million dollars to buy your home when you can, you know, take take part of the money, use that as a down payment, get yourself real comfortably, and then invest in other things, right? Mm-hmm. So teaching your kids these types of things, how to use money responsibly, where to use money, um, you know, what it looks like to invest is just such an important thing. Otherwise, they get older and they're learning all of this information from the internet, from music videos, friends. <laughs> from friends. Or it's they're all, just winging it. it. That's it. Or they're not, not a lot of people are like you and like going to research via YouTube. YouTube. A lot of people just wing it yeah. and they don't know what they're doing and they that's just it. get sold a credit card. They need a credit card. They go on the internet, they find a credit card. But you also say YouTube, like there's also a lot of disinformation on YouTube. I mean, again, we're not professionals and we're sitting here talking about this. There's going to be someone that listens to this and then goes, well, what about this or this or that's not exactly correct. I mean, do the research for yourself, you guys. Like, this is basically just creating a talking point and sparking ideas to get your kids going. I'm not telling you how to do it or where to do it or, or when to do it, but it's just an idea like, dang, you know what? 
I do have a kid that is turning this age or, or maybe they're 16 right now, but you want to give them a head start. Let's so where can they email you for more information? Give our, give her the email address out. You would like to receive email at, at becoming <laughs> subject. Dot com is not a email address. So <laughs> K tech boy. Oh. No, seriously. Like don't go there to email me or I him. Know, that's her website. It is. Um, but uh, like, seriously, at, Blended Life or Sure. I mean, yeah, just any of the socials. Just, just oh, you know. Oh, going to give an email address, are you? I don't have one for this. This is... I'm just saying... No, I, I just find me on one of our social medias or <laughs> on... Seriously, write into our email or to our website. And Julie and I are close enough. I think one of us will will see it or send it. Or co- leave a comment down below. Send me your email down below if you're watching this on YouTube. I yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to swap them it? No. I have something in my eye, you guys. Oh, great. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Okay, well, we have something exciting to talk to you guys about. So um, we're not new to bringing material forth that people have written, and this is a book situation. So I am going to open up, and I don't know if Eric's going to read it or not, but I will be reading. There's a book by um, Lori Short called Grace Filled step parenting. So grace filled step parenting. And what I'm going to do with this book. So this book. Oh, just kidding. You're focused. Like, My, you're like yeah, anyways. Oh, sorry. Okay. So this book we are going to read together. So starting September 1st, anybody who has purchased this book um, and wants to do this read share with us will be reading two chapters a week for five weeks. There's 10 chapters total. Um, And we'll be discussing it on live. So I'll be going live on Instagram, maybe Facebook. I haven't decided, but we will be discussing each week what we've read. Um, You'll be able to type in questions or give your insight. And we'll just open up discussions with it. I might invite you guys into the live feed um, and share the the camera with you guys and so we can have a discussion around this book again it's grace-filled step parenting by Lori Short um and I'm super super excited at the end of the five weeks I'm hoping to have her come on air live and answer your questions so as you read this book and we're going to discuss it um each week you're going to also submit questions that you would like to have Lori address as we read and she'll be here hopefully this works out she'll be here at the end of the five weeks to answer your questions so you can put a a face and a personality to the woman behind this book now um it is it is a faith-based book so know that too before you go forth and get this if that's not something you're going to enjoy don't go forward with it. It is $9.99 right now on Amazon. I just checked. We'll provide links on, um, you can go to our YouTube channel. There'll be a link to buy there. We'll put a link up in our um, Instagram page. So click and buy it. You have until September 1st to get your hands on it. It's very, very reasonable. And basically, Lori provides practical and spiritual advice to help you fully embrace and succeed in your role as a step parent. Um, it's v- going to be very encouraging. You're going to feel less alone. So go out, get this book. We're going to do a read along together, which I hope you guys love. Um, and then also, um, I've had a lot of you guys reach out about coaching. And so, between now and September 1st, if you decide that you want to enroll in a coaching, my coaching program, it's a 90-day program, um, I'm going to gift you this book for free as part of your welcome package. And I'm also going to extend our sessions um, 15 minutes past the 60 so that we can discuss this one-on-one as we read together. Um, or as you read this book, it'll be part of your coaching homework. You'll read these chapters. So you have two ways to do this. You can read along with me, purchase it yourself, and we'll discuss it each week or sign up for my coaching program. I'll gift you this book and add on 15 minutes to your sessions so that we have time just to dedicate to discussing um, this reading. 
So I hope to hear from you guys. If you're interested in coaching or want to find out about coaching, email me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. Um, the hope there is just to get you unstuck in your step parenting role, or if you're a bio parent even, um, and you're not a step parent, but you're a bio parent and trying to co-parent and all the things, um, email me. I can help you get unstuck. I can help you show up differently so that once you change, everything else around you shifts and you find um, an ability to live easy in your blended families because things aren't going to be perfect. Things are going to be hard. Things are going to be a shit show and some things you can't change, right? You cannot change anyone else. You can only change yourself. And if you are able to unlock a way to live easy in each hat, each role you play in your blended family life, your life will be much better. So that is what I can do for you as a coach. Um, if you want for inf more information or a free breakthrough session with me, just reach out, email me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. So we're going to talk about this book a little bit each week. Um, so you have until September 1st to get it. We'll provide links for you. All that good stuff. Do we have time to take a question or I no? I think so. We yeah. do? Okay. Got a few minutes. Okay, so we have a listener question, um, and so I'm just going to read it, and we'll jump right in. Okay, I have been with my boyfriend and his three kids for eight years. I have a daughter, and we've all been surviving the blended life. In these years, bio mom has been a mess, and I have tried to help them with a divorce, but no papers, but nope, papers are in the cabinet and have to be redone after so long. I mean, eight years and the kids are attached and I am too. So basically, she's with her boyfriend. The divorce is still not final. She's been in this situation for eight years. The kids and her are now attached to each other during right. this time. They say you have to have patience when you're in these blended family things, but it's a lack of money and responsibility when it comes to the bio mom and bio dad. We've been trying to save for a home, and every time we try, oh, save for a home, see? Every time we try, it's like something happens, such as bio mom gets her car repossessed because she didn't want to make payments, and now his credit is more messed up because they're still attached. Yep. And I'm, oh, this is a good question for today. This is, yeah, this is like a very par for the course, like how this type of stuff happens. Okay. So now his credit is more messed up and I am just waiting for the divorce to be filed so we can make some necessary moves for our family. So today I get told that the bio mom is pregnant. She is 42 and has been dating a boyfriend for six months. They moved in after three months and they live in a two-bedroom rental that doesn't give her kids their own room. Um... She claims she's by a mom claims she's broke all the time and has a daughter who holds on to having watch everything or has her daughter watch everything and the siblings. Sorry, this is like a stream of consciousness. Um, so basically, there are so many things that has happened because of by a mom that I feel like sometimes I just want to run because I deserve so much more than this burden. I mean, eight years and we are being safe and having no kids because it would just complicate, complicate things and not be fair to the other kids because it's the right thing to do because money, babies take money and all your time and all your energy. I'm so sick of being connected to such a selfish bio mom. I have no idea what to do because no matter what, this will affect my life. Yeah. Well, the thing is, regardless, well, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The grass is always greener on the other side, right? She's going to jump ship on this one if she does and then go mm -hmm. to another one. And the chances are that one's going to have its complications. If she's with this guy right now for a reason, she's stuck it out for eight years and she loves this guy. Well, just keep pushing through because you're going to have problems anywhere you go, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you might find the perfect unicorn situation, but chances are you're going to meet someone else and you're going to start this whole thing all over. So That's true. So you're just saying wait it out. 
I, yeah, I'm like, at this point. yeah, maybe help him find the paperwork and get the ball rolling because eight years is a long time. I mean, my divorce took for freaking ever years. But you had filed papers, but right? We had filed papers, and it was like, I forget why it was held up for so long. But it was stupid. It took long, but not even half the amount of time this is taking. Like, someone needs to sever the ties here. I know, cut. because it is. Like, you're talking of credit. Like, also, right. they this are intertwined. Credit, financially, like, when you're not divorced and you're still connected and your debts are her debts, like, for real, like, she dies or whatever. He inherits those. He inherits everything. Yeah. And obviously she's moved on. Obviously he's moved on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like let's let's make this real and move on, right? Hopefully, and, and, and hopefully moved that's on. what they know. can do. She's stuck in a hard place because truly she cannot move them on. She can't take. She's the powerless s- in this. That's situation. what I'm saying. She yeah. she can't take the steps to move them. So mm-hmm. what she can do is have that conversation, that ca- that communication. So here's the thing. I remember last podcast, maybe it was, it was last podcast or the podcast before we were talking about, like it was marriage counseling. So it was a last podcast and it was like, I was, I was sharing how it, it was too late by the time my ex and I, like my ex was agreeable to counseling. I was already like shut down, shut and down. It. Yeah. Um, because it was like, I'd asked for a year and a half and then nothing. And then all of a sudden it's right. And you had said something like, to let your partner know it's that it's the end, but then not to make don't open doors you're not willing to walk through right, either. So right. what like at this point after eight years, how does she how how can she get across to her boyfriend that it is a dire situation? Like I've been patient. Well, she's at know, the, she's I've at waited. the point that she's at least watching watching or listening to this podcast. She's right. looking for help. She's writing. She's reaching out for help. Don't keep this a secret. Don't let him know. Don't don't keep this a secret from him and not let him know that this is affecting you. And, and maybe that's not the case, but maybe you maybe she needs to be the one to put the plan into effect. She needs to do she needs to take the reins here and even though she can't sign the papers and file them or whatever. She actually might be able to file them um, as long as she has the signatures. She, she goes might be and able serves to go del- the bio mom. No, um, no but to deliver, the, you know, to the, to the... I'm just curious, though. How does one tell their their boyfriend this? Like, exactly how does like she a, need to I say mean, this Throw to us him. under the bus. Let them, listen, let them listen to the podcast. Like, this is affecting their livelihood. This is ultimately going to affect their children. This is going to yeah. affect... I mean, this goes on another eight years. You might not be able to have kids together. That's it. Or they might not be able to buy a house together. Or they might not be able to even purchase a vehicle Mm -hmm. in both of their names because they're going to have ties to her. Mm -hmm. You need to cut those ties away unless, I won't even say it, but I mean, it it really, there's just, there's no reason to have ties to this woman anymore within their household. You know what I mean? Other than co-parenting with the children but i'm talking about um you know uh, i don't even what's the word <laughs> electronically <laughs> through social securities through through credit through all the stuff you know you, there's there's no reason other than having mutual children who you co-parent with just for the children so yeah i'm cur- i'm so curious also why eight years yeah, it's a long time. That's I mean, some divorces time. can take a long time, but at some point in time, something is just sitting there and it's waiting for someone to make a move. And I think it's also really having the conversation about with the boyfriend, what are we teaching these kids? Right. You know, what example are we setting? Right. What what is what does honor and respect look like between you and me? Right. Not and between once, you and, and your ex, but like we're cohabitating, we're trying to Build a yeah, life is this going to be all right for our kids when they're 18, 19, yeah, 25 years this? old and they're like, hey, I want to move in with my boyfriend. Uh, we might get married one day, but we're sleeping together. And, and maybe that's a value they, you hold. I don't that's know. Fine. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. we might have a baby. We're not sure. You're like, damn, I want more for you. I want you to yeah. have, right. you know, a, a stable life and something. Yeah. And it. so the, here's the thing. If this is not OK for your kids to, to live up and obtain a uh, attain to 
not obtain, but if this isn't a lifestyle that you would want for your children, if this isn't the honor and respect that you wish for your children, if you weren't okay with your daughter, her living with a guy who wasn't divorced for eight years and you were putting your dreams of homeownership and baby on hold, she was having to do that for, because this ex, not even ex-wife, but this wife was still in the pro, you know, I mean, this is what you are teaching your children, that this is on some level okay. And maybe if that is, if no judgment, if that is something that you'd be okay with for your children, then that's your business. I would think, though, that most of us would want so much better, so much more, but what we don't understand is how we live our lives is how our children's frame of reference for how to live their life is going to be. So it is maybe having that conversation. Like, I'm not okay with the example we're setting. I not only feel disrespected and dishonored in this relationship, but my daughter is also learning that it's okay for a woman to be pushed aside and be in a relationship and do all the things and live together and, you know, all the things, but, you know, the commitment, the the joining of of lives really isn't ever able to happen because we're still connected to someone else. And so I think it's a conversation of honor and respect and really getting clear if this is right. Like, are you being honored and respected in this situation? And I think that you need to approach it with your boyfriend like that. Like, this is a dire situation. I can't do this. Is this, or is, or you need to accept that this is what it is and it may go on another eight years also and not punish him for it. If you're choosing to stay in a relationship like this for eight years, what have you taught your boyfriend? You've taught your boyfriend that this is acceptable, that you're going to stick by his side. You know, that, that you're okay with this on some level because you're still here. And so why also mess up the status quo if he's got everything going on in homeostasis with having his ex and having you or not his ex, they're still married. You know what I'm trying to say? I know what you're trying to say. Is that right? Or what do you think? Is that not right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's all right to show him that you're going to still be there because you want him, you know, if your ultimate goal is to... But she needs to accept married. then that this is what is. But I you feel. need to put you need to put boundaries. You need to set goals. You need to move things forward because mm-hmm. being there all the time for this mm-hmm. isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what the discussion needs to be about, like yeah. the health of our family, our family. I'm talking about inside our walls of our home. You and I. Um, because if this goes on, then there's no intention to get married. Like these two aren't ever getting married. It's never going to move on. It's never going to go past what it is now. Like you were just saying, it's basically at a standstill and everyone's okay with that. Yeah. She either needs to accept it or speak up. Yes. Um, before, so that's our advice on this topic but before we go i want you to announce our our other exciting Uh, thing we're a little late in it we're gonna announce something big next week okay yeah a big announcement next week big announcement next week okay you're gonna announce it i'll announce it next week yay so all right you guys join us next week another big announcement Join us next week thanks for joining us this week for our 100th podcast um a little bit different one than normal but so good. You're so wise. I don't know about all that. When but I first, like, listen, when I first, I know we're going over, but when I first met you, I never would have thought you would have been passionate about your credit score. <laughs> what do you think I'd be passionate about? Legos and Play-Doh? Me, but that uh, didn't happen. Just kidding. Um, no, but I, I, it's been really, like, to see this responsible side of you is actually very manly. So and it's very when attractive. I, when I met you, I wasn't very responsible. No, I'm. <laughs> I just keep calling her out, you guys. That's fine. But <laughs> I, I just it. am saying, like, watching you really own this part of your life is is a very adult, mature, wonderful thing. And you make me think, and you challenge me a lot on this stuff. And I, I never, I never thought about things the way you think about things. And it's very inspiring, and I'm very challenged by it. And. It's such a wonderful thing that you want the kids to be able to have this gift 
because you see it as a gift and it's it's only going to better their lives. So thank you. I guess I want to say thank you for being a leader in our family like that because You're that's welcome. that's a really wonderful wonderful thing and I think that I hope that a lot of our listeners appreciate you for that I do so thank you for bringing that forward well thank you thank you guys for listening to our 100th podcast and watching us and if you are watching us don't forget to subscribe leave a thumbs up ring that bell to know when we do release new episodes Um, but if you guys are listening to us on a podcast station subscribe to us on there and uh, you'll get notified we um, try to release once a week and um, we're pretty good about it. We don't have an exact time, but uh, Sundays right now it's like a, it's like a Sunday Monday. Yeah, you wake a up. Sunday you Monday. wake up Monday morning and it's just there. It's like <laughs> podcast Santa Claus Monday morning. Are you Santa Usually. Claus? Not really, but anyways, you guys, thanks for being with us, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.